Hello there. This is TP Podcast, now exclusively being heard for your best benefits. This is the Presidency Podcast from Block 1R Bachelor of Arts in Political Science, and this is the time to be politically critical. Ano na bang nangyayari? Ang dami na namang kaso. Kasalanan talaga to ng gobyerno. Saglit, itweet ko nga muna. Hashtag Duterte Palpak. Oh, bakit si Tatay Bigong na naman ang sinisisi mo? Hindi mo ba nakikita ang nagawa niya ngayong pandemya? Hindi mo ba naririnig ang daily talk to the people niya? Sino ba yung Tatay Digong na yan? Saka bakit ba Tatay Digong? Isa pa, daily nga ba talaga? Walang mintis? Talk nga ba talaga? Is that true ba, mare? Sure ka na dyan, final answer? Alam mo, ang dami mong sinasabi. Ano bang ambag mo? Oo nga, puro kasitsit. Anong purpose mo? Ano bang makakatanggal ng pandemya o makakapagpababa ng kaso? Yung sitsit mo ba? Buti nga, may bakuna na eh. At libre pa. Isa pa, nakita mo ba ang pagbabago sa Pilipinas simula nung naging presidente siya? Kahit nung wala pang pandemya, ang dami na kaya. Kawawa nga si tatay Ang dami-dami niya ng trabaho. Tapos itong si Lenny, pati yung iba pang mga walang kwentang dilawang tulad mo ay puro lang naman kritisismo ang dulot. Alam mo ba ang mga delegadong trabaho at kapangyarihan niyang tatay mo? Ah, uh, hindi. Pero hindi ba siyang namumuno? Dapat sinusunod siya ng lahat. Kaya nga nakakailita kayong mga dilawan eh. Hindi kayo sumusunod. Mga pasaway kayo talaga. Tama nga si Tatay Digong. Eh hindi mo naman pala alam eh. Sa kademokratikong bansa ang meron tayo. Ang konsepto mo ay diktatorya na hindi nga bumababa ang mga kaso. 2021 na hindi man lang ma-flatten ang first wave. Alam mo, ikaw na dilawan ka, itry mo kayang mahinig kay tatay minsan nang malaman mo ang kalagayan niya at makita mo naman ang efforts niya. Nakikinig ako, no? Saka, sige nga, anong sinabi niya on his recent talk? Hoy, ano nga sinabi niya kagabi? Halate, hindi ko maalala. Pero merong words si tatay na nasa subconscious ko. Ano nga yun? Ano? Ito na naman ba? Magandang araw and today, yun ang pag-uusapan natin. Ano na nga ba ang kalagayan ng Pilipinas sa pandemyang ito at paano nga ba hinahandle ng gobyerno, especially ng executive department, ang kanilang trabaho sa gitna ng krisis na ating kinahaharap sa panahong kasalukuyan? Tara na at maging mulat sa isang diskurso. Now allow us to communicate in English so we can better serve for your best benefits. I am Milwin Bukad. Here with me today are some political science students. We have here Avi, Miss Leslie, Mr. Ken, Miss Christabel, Miss Halima, and Miss Danielita. And of course, we are all from the College of Arts and Humanities, Palawan State University, Philippines. Welcome to this podcast where abstract societal and political observations will be breached to concrete and academic evaluation. You are tuning to TP Podcast, the presidency, a thorough assessment of its governance and performances during the COVID era. TP Podcast, the presidency. This is the time to be politically critical. So, yes, let's keep the communicative atmosphere light, no? For us to better converse about the issue. Ms. Halima, shall we start? Yeah, sure, of course. 
So with this session, we wanted to present to you our investigative evaluation about the Executive Department of the Philippines, especially amidst the sad crisis. Of course, as we try to be politically critical about this certain issue, and although we recognize some of the public statements include in the chismis kanina ng taong bayan, we must also take a look at the real situation of political things and hence have a more academic and holistic perspective about it. So, with our paper titled, The Presidency, a Thorough Assessment of Its Governance and Performance During the COVID Era, we provided a prospect of the Presidency definitive features and powers history and developments, rise of current leaders and actors, particularly Duterte and Lenny, its operation and capacities before the pandemic, and among anything else, its governing response on the dreadful outbreak and its resulting impacts. More significantly, the assessment delved upon these sections of review through its specific criteria set forth the fulfillment of it. More essentially, we utilize a set of internal and external requisites and subsequently, we dissected the department's thick and thin compliance to these criteria. This involved the presidency cohesion, consistency, and efficiency with regards to its functions, responsibilities, and powers enumerated in 1987 Philippine Constitution and with much congruity, the extension of its methodology of assessment further use the requisites provided by the e-governance and the good governance framework as indicators of its rules and quality. Of course, on the most conclusive stance, the phenomena presented was deeply analyzed and hence was provided with constructive and implicit recommendation which could possibly lead to the department's intended upgrade and advanced visibility as whole. Right, Mr. Ken? Yes, that is right. So with this as a practical introduction of our paper and for this assessment, we wanted to recognize and elaborate this presented crisis answering the question, Ano bang nangyayari? Well, as of April 21, 2021, the cases counts of the virus have soared up to general calculation of 1,900,000 accompanied by its 19,600 death reports, having the Metro Manila be accounted as the epicenter of the virus. As documented on the earlier times, in 2020, the virus emerged in China and had affected the world on very wild scale, as such of the cosmopolitan level. The COVID-19 pandemic has been extremely permissious of the endeavors of the governments to pragmatically and promptly execute its relative powers and accountabilities as the principal structures of the state. Hence, it has predominantly affected its response to the demands of the general society, syempre, with the consideration of, her, of its uh, catastrophic consequences of the different aspects of the state like health, security, economy, and politics itself. It can be perceived that the unforeseen advent of this pandemic, particularly the emergence of COVID-19, has negatively overwhelmed the, social, uh, the societies in both on the global and the national level. As such, even the Philippine president himself failed to estimate the total damage which it may cause as he had not been keen on banning travel China. I mean coronavirus care. 
Under its initial outbreak, further elaborate the such measure was difficult to undertake during the time because they are not also suspending theirs and they continue to respect freedom flights that we enjoy. And this has resulted to a current crisis that we are now facing. This phenomenon had been detrimental and hence our evolution further being so for its fulfillment. Right guys, what do you think, Miss Leslie? Yes, Mr. Mendoza, thank you, thank you. Yes, with the significance of this assessment, we also elaborated the actual leadership of Duterte and Lenny. We dissected the factors with which these actors were chosen by the people and as to what their powers and accountabilities are really. So, with this, we therefore answer the questions, Sino ba yung tatay bigaw na yan? And, alam mo ba ang mga delegadong trabaho at kapangyarihan yung tatay mo? As such, President Rodrigo Rua Duterte currently serves as the 16th President of the Philippines. His Excellency was then described as a transgressions of the Concord established by the late President Corazon Aquino in the post-Marcos Edsa regime through which Duterte had an unparalleled presidential success that signified what the former administration before his had declined to execute and achieve in its entire term of leadership, particularly its failure of standardizations of its political platform, the Angmatuwid, which can be traced as still an unrealized dream of good governance in the Philippine Islands. As analyzed, Duterte stood firmly with his identity of an Iron Fist leader, and in line with his preferred type of leadership, he gained an extensive degree of reputations and importance in the national ground with the success of this Iron Fist rule, where he turned a once involutedly dangerous area in the south to a certainly disciplined and developed city with significant amount of investments. Hence. His prominence had led him to pursue greater heights. With the law and order, narrative, and the objectives of social peace and prosperity, he entered the national politics, ran for the presidential position, declared federalism and reinstatement of peace and order, and any method which may be probable for the establishment of his cause as his political agenda, won the elections and therefore ruled as the current head of the state and government of the Philippines of the Republic of the Philippines rather. Meanwhile, the current vice president of the country who was considered the first ever congresswoman to win the said post, Her Excellency Maria Leonorlini Santo Tomas Gerona Robredo now serves in assistance and collaborations with the president as it is supposedly expected of them. Also, the cabinet members who were assigned by the President in congruence and accordance to the approval of commissions on appointment serve as the alter ego of the President executing with his authority the power of the office of the President and the respected departments. Additional inputs, Ms. Christabel? That is right, Ms. Leslie, and thank you. With these facts presented, the abilities, duties, and responsibilities of the executive greatly evolve on its power to appoint, to control executive offices, departments, and bureaus, to ensure the faithful execution of the laws, to meet emergency circumstances as the commander-in-chief of the AFP or his military power, to suspend the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus, declare martial law, 
to pardon, enter into a treaty, and to prepare and manage the state budget receipts and expenditures, or his budgetary power. Also, most generally, we likewise attempted to understand the history of the executive department in the country. The political upbringings of the Philippine Republic have deep-rooted from its lengthy and dramatic historical processes, narratives, and evolution, with the recognition that its islands have been under numerous occupancies in the past. Nevertheless, it can be noted that despite the great disparity and diversity of the cultures and ideologies which have influenced the country, it has retained its system of governance as tripartite and has only accommodated and presumed one form of governing framework, the presidential. So with this, we have now already discussed how the presidential system have come about in its current situation. So we write as well, take a definite stand to its performances before the pandemic. Right, Avi? Our listeners will surely love to hear from you about this. Certainly, Ms. Crucible, we wanted to answer the quest about the pangapagbabago sa Pilipinas simula nung naging presidente siya. Kahit nung wala pang pandemia. So yes, this is very important. And our listeners will undoubtedly enjoy hearing it from our objective point of view in evaluation. So with this, we presented a concept of retrograde to our evaluation itself. We practically went past back in time and basically dissected the actual practices which were undergone by the department. As such, Prior to the emergence of the pandemic, the presidency had already accomplished much upon its governance and entire performances. This can be reflected from the support, commendation, and appreciation garnered by the administration or the president himself. From the several organizations and personalities which even defend him from the criticisms and disapprovals of the public. However, on a great is totality of his leadership, not only achievements were amassed from inspiration, but also a significant number of blunders. Most considerably that the achievements gave the Filipino strongman or the president a, a public approval rating of more than 81% in a majority of 2019. It can be recalled that during the fourth state of the nation address of President Rodrigo Roa Duterte or PRRD, reported significant successes made by his administration aimed at reducing poverty, fighting against graft and corruption, and improving the national peace and security. Also, there have been documentation of a drastic improvement on the services of the top agencies of the country such as the Transportation Office or LTO and SSS or Social Security System, Bureau of Internal Revenue or BIR, Land Registration Authority or LRA, and the Home Development Mutual Fund or PAGIBIC. Likewise, the infrastructural properties of the country were progressed through the Build, Build, Build program and through its passage of the Basamoro Basic Law. 
it was evaluated further, the armed conflict was laid low and decreased. Free tertiary education, universal health care, and a significant reduction on the poverty rate, as well as the success of sanctioning of abusive utilities and the breakup of some oligarchies, and were also pursued and accomplished during this time. So yes, truly there have been changes in the governing facilities in the Philippines during his rule. However, it can also be noted that the controversial war on drugs of the administration had caused deaths and massive human rights violations. As such, critics also noted that state security forces and government-backed paramilitaries continue to harass, threaten, arbitrarily arrest, and in some instances attack and kill political activists, environmentalists, community leaders, or journalists. Furthermore, the territorial integrity of the country has been analyzed as continuously threatened by the West Philippine Sea issue. And the influx of foreign workers in the country. According to an SWS survey, it had resulted in an overwhelming 93% of Filipinos expressing their desire for the Philippine government to assert its lawful territorial rights over the West Philippine Sea. Similarly, Duterte's promises about speedy change and the cleanliness of the political institutions have evidently been forgotten and fulfilled. Timberman stated that corruption begins to undermine Duterte's moral authority and that regardless of the Philippine GDP growth, the state's deteriorating economic conditions continue to worsen. Thus, as progressively presented by the numbers of these externals, articles, and assessments, these generally present the Philippines and the presidency with its operations and capacities of the years past prior to the reign of the COVID era. As a result, these have given rise and explanation to the prospect of mga pagbabago sa Pilipinas simula nung naging presidente siya kahit nung wala pang pandemya Miss Danielita, don't you think? Yes, Abby, that's correct and with this developments and change which had been unfolded and realized before the pandemic of course, much curiosity had been piqued by the occurrence and its performance during the COVID era, right? Henceforth being the central subject of this assessment, we shall then address the talk of the public about hindi mo ba nakikita ang mga nagawa niya ngayong pandemya? For this, among others, is them as most relevant section of our evaluation. Our assessment notes that the Philippines have had a great shift in terms of its educational sector with the online class learnings being pushed through during the pandemic. 
It also did elaborate the seemingly extreme heightening usage of authoritative powers and sanctions of the government. As such, it was explained that it's alongside the military's portrayal of the virus as some kind of unseen enemy creates a warlike setting whereby subjects must be identified. In some, in this case, the Pasawites, these Pasawites are seen as the government's target of disciplining and pausing upon instilling both health, security, and order with the communities. Furthermore, this approach is them as informed by deep-seated class prejudice in the the third is authoritarian tendencies on its highest degree of analysis. Also, the presidency supervision to the military sector of the government was scrutinized and forcefully instilling the ideology of fair and the fair uh, appeals in order to coerce people to take a preventive measures against the virus. This was further described as the extreme tactics which includes its draconian and expensive impositions of lockdowns, curfews, various types of quarantine measures and above anything else enumerated. The president shoot them dead, never thief. This also includes the anti-terror law which is being presently implemented and dread tagging caused by the NPFLCAP, which was established by the president himself and the administration continued pursuant to its war on drug campaign which not only being fair to treating human rights but also civil liberties as a whole also having longest and strictest lockdown in the world However, the response of the government in regards with the current crisis of the country seemed to be quite out of priorities and clarity. As such, the quarantine measures have confusingly multiplied its different classifications. Currently, we have embraced the terms and sections of SQ, MA, CQ, GSQ, and ESQ, hard lockdown, total lockdown, special concerns lockdown and others. These confusing measures have been deemed as a tight grip upon the executive position as well as an act to shrink the democratic space and the free discussion that it is essential to the democracy. With the pandemics being health-related crisis further, the government had been seen as conclusively having broadly deviating response regarding it. The political arena are very much rendering focus and volume on the issues which are far from dealing with the first properly, particularly the West Philippine and its subtle political controversies in others. They have already been in apparent tension between and within the actors and offices of the department. Specifically, the president and the vice president, as such, it had been documented for so many times that both parties have been launching tirades and uh, aimed statements at each other through their speeches and messages on the media. 
the ratings have also been damped compared by others that the government seemed to have its actors be competing against each other instead of collaborating most efficiently. However, of course, while the department efforts have been appreciated and commended through its vaccination program and lockdowns and measures that pervasively lessen the cases and aid upon those infected, these are them as far from being enough. Henceforth, this upon its totality practically illustrate the observed and documented performance in governance of the executive department during the current COVID era in the Philippines. This present, therefore, the general capacities of the administration and the presidency as a whole, which can be them to have offered so much reflection in regards with this competences, responsibilities, and facilities. So with this, as we really pursue to discuss with you, our evaluation is very much relevant then to have informed further that of the parameter which we utilize as we go forward with this assessment, as well as its conclusive findings and recommendations. Wouldn't you love to tackle that, Ms. Nolan? Of course, I would very much love to. Thank you, Ms. Danielita. Nandiyan pa ba ang mga tagapagpakinig natin? Buhay pa ba kayo? I know this may be quite a tough recession and we would love to produce another episode of this one. However, let us just complete this fruitful assessment in one go, shall we? Yes, thank you so much! And with this, I would like to affirm to the presentation of Ms. Halima earlier. Yes, we have used a highly customized criteria as to the parameters of this assessment. As such, its design and parameters greatly centered on its usage of a massive and comprehensive review of media-available literature and resources, as well as the utilization of internal and external criteria expressly presented and subsequently the department's thick and thin compliance to such. Particularly, the internal criteria of our evaluation revolved around the department's cohesion, consistency, and efficiency with its delegated and defined powers and functions as provided by the 1987 Philippine Constitution. This also explored upon the internally cooperative and authoritative relationship between the President and the Vice President as well as the Cabinet members. The external criteria, on the other hand, provides a more intricate understanding and analysis as it tackles about the department's inclusivity, information openness, interactive engagement, and its innovative management of its plans, priorities, and programs which are all provided by the i-governance. This also takes into account the further dissection and interpretation of the presidency's measures to ensure its transparency, simplicity in procedures, responsibility, hostility against corruption, incorporation of the public's collective opinion upon its practices, and its concurrent separation with its judicial system, all of which are the requisites enumerated by the framework of good governance. 
both of which external indicators presented and utilized are elaborated to be the predominant index and guidelines to directly measure the performance of an entirely functional and productive management of the different affairs of the department. These criteria subsequently have been under the assessment of the compliance of the department with the basis of its performances, specifically its thin and thick compliance. While the thin compliance remains solely based on the passage and implementation of laws as well as its advantages on the surface, the thick compliance on the other hand pertains to a broader and more complex weight of performances of the department. This refers to the actual ability of the government to instill a healthy democracy to the society, the strengthening of its infrastructural power, and such. In a general stance, these criteria and compliances presented were used to greatly conclude upon the evaluation. And with the conclusions of our assessments, more exclusively, let us hear it from Ms. Halima. Hello, Ms. Halima! Yes, Nilwen. Hello and greetings again to our listeners. With the previous presented massive and comprehensive review of the media available literature and resources as well as the other external evaluation gathered for the purpose of this assessment it was concluded and established therefore that the executive department has had thin compliances on both the external and internal criteria presented these have been based on its apparent failure to actually bridge its laws to the main purposes of its entire implications and impacts upon the public. The complex and broad impacts therefore are yet to be fully realized especially during the COVID era and its continuous surge of cases. Generally, the findings directly submit and indicate that the Executive Department of the Philippines has undertaken significant measures and action in order to ensure that its duties responsibilities and accountabilities to the people and the state are fulfilled, which much accordance and strength rooting from its powers. This account of performance henceforth can be considered as of a great necessity given the country's current circumstances and equality of leaders and or political actors. However, as said, these are deemed far from being utterly enough also, its internal cohesion within its department remained wanting and evidently evaluatively had its refusal to be consistent with its campaign platforms and administrative action as well as to its inability to actually bridge its decision, achieve a positive and collaborative feedback and efforts with the people, only practically support its scarcity of constructive and collective public discourse and cooperation. Finally, it's being taken as that one major casualty of pandemic is the executive department's misplaced prioritization and continuation of its landmark policies and activities which have rendered recognition in the past to the current societal environment of the Philippines and applying it even with the different contexts and circumstances created by the pandemic, its inability to identify that the settings are therefore our necessities and demands have already changed from its climate on its previous years in the leading the government's, government's debated interpretation and solution over the crisis.
Hence, with these, we have devised some recommendations answering therefore the question, ano bang makakatanggal ng pandemya o magpapababa ng kaso? It is hereby being suggested that the executive department must be properly cohesive within itself and therefore recognize the actual implications inflicted by the COVID era. Only such way would it be completely receptive and flexible upon the more complex measures and initiatives provided and required by the internal and external criteria of our evaluation. Also, more inclusive, interactive, and transparent environment must be attained not just by the department itself but also with the sectors which it comprehensively supervises. This includes the public health sector and the media as all of the three aspects work as frontliners on the pandemic response. There must be a broader and freer dialogue among and between the journalists, policymakers, and healthcare professionals to improve the delivery of public health services and advance health reporting. Not only will this provide an avenue for the accentuation of people's trust and security to the government, but its actual penetration to the society may practically be settled and posited as a whole. Furthermore, the department must strive for the attainment of its consistency and innovation to its greatest extent. As such, since the pandemic is a medical issue in conflict, the responses must be more scientifically guided and oriented. Hence, it must render the advice and suggestions of the healthcare agencies more relevant than the military or any other sectors therein. Likewise, equal, appropriate, and sufficient support and assistance must also be provided to the health workers and their correspondingly necessitated endeavors. It is also being recommended that the presidency must ensure the fast and efficient process of mass vaccination and testing, aggressive contact tracing, and comprehensive isolation practices, while it also adequately accommodate the needs of its populaces. Thus, relief resources and finance, as these are directly and legally due to the citizens, must be given with such urgency and visibility in its motions. As elaborated by one of our respective references, while the Philippines is financially resilient, stronger coordination, execution, and implementation will help further improve its social and physical resilience. That is right. And more relevantly, we encourage every scholar to keep evaluating the government and its performances as there still is a marked gap of knowledge and practice about the most effective measures for the pandemic response. We generally recommend that more integrative, evaluative, and developmental studies must be organized, progressed, and supported by both the academic scholars, the department, the government, and the public. And with all these, our evaluation finally takes a conclusion. We want to remind everyone that no matter your biases, never forget that objectivity is always your best weapon. Huwag nating i-invalidate ang opinion ng iba, pero huwag nating kalimutang higit sa opinion ang objetibong impormasyon. Maganda pa? Turuan natin sila! 
you so much everyone and once again, I am Yilwen Bukad. Here with me today are some political science students. We had here Avi, Miss Leslie, Mr. Ken, Miss Christabel, Miss Halima, and Miss Danielita. And of course, we are all from the College of Arts and Humanities, Palawan State University, Philippines. Thank you for listening to this podcast where abstract societal and political observations were bridged to concrete and academic evaluation. You tuned into TP Podcast, the presidency, a thorough assessment of its governance and performances during the COVID era. TP Podcast, the presidency. This is the time to be politically critical. Ano ka mo? Tinatanong niyo ba kung anong ambag ko? Ah, hindi. Ikaw naman, hindi ka na matiro. Tara! Magparehistro na tayo. Tara! Magparehistro na tayo. Tara! Magparehistro na tayo. Mamulat. Magsalita. Makialam. This is the Presidency Podcast from Block 1R, Bachelor of Arts in Political Science. And this is the time to be politically critical. Thank you and Godspeed.